I V M. On this episode of Paisa Vesa, I am joined by Hansi Marotra, who runs the MoneyHunts.com, and by Alika from IVM. We are going to talk about a whole host of personal financial decisions, budgeting, investment, and savings for women, and how to plan all those important decisions out. Stay tuned for that. Is your KYC taking days and weeks? Well, now you can actually complete your KYC verification on Paytm Money and also have it approved on the very same day. Guess what? Mine was approved within 30 minutes. So why delay when you can invest today? Ab mutual funds ke liye bhi Paytm karo. You can download the Paytm Money app on App Store or Play Store. Folks, welcome to Paisa Paisa. I'm your host Anupam Gupta B50 on Twitter and this episode is a listener special. Yes, I just love getting listener feedback and one feedback that I got a couple of weeks ago was from a young girl. She said that she's 23, just started her first job and she was looking of ways, you know, to figure out budget, budgeting, investment and savings specific to her. And I thought that's a fantastic topic and I reached out to the one person who I know is the absolute rock star in this. And it's always great to have a returning guest and I have with me Hansi Mehrotra who runs moneyhuns.com. Last time she was here for the Diwali special. Building that money house is a fantastic process. It's a great framework. Hansi, welcome back to the show. It's just so great to have you here. You are the best person I can think of for this. Okay, so let's start off here. You know, for me as an old timer, so to say, it's very difficult not to give traditional advice to someone, you know, who's probably half by. I'll say like, "Acha, you need to save, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to work for 20, 30 years. And I get responses like, yaar, bas kai, you're an old timer. Aajkal ka generation aisa hai ki we want to take a break, we do two years, three years of work, we go backpacking here, backpacking there. We don't want to own, right? We want to rent, we want to do Uber, we want to do this, we want to do that. Let's start with a framework, right? Because I'm pretty sure that financial planning, whichever way you look at it, whichever generation you look at it, is important. Anyone who's working, anyone who has a career, needs to save money for the future. It's critical, it's important. How you do it is on you. Right. Let's look at building your money house. Okay. For someone who's this young. Okay. And who wants to meet certain goals. How would she do it? Okay. Great. Uh, so you remember the money house, I right? Do, of course. I would say that I have tested it on young people, old people, poor people, rich people, mm. pretty much everyone. And it works for everyone. Okay. Now, she is a young woman, so there are two things different. One is she's young and two, she's a woman. Let me address the woman part first. I think women technically should be exactly the same way as men in terms of their finances, except they have some extra roadblocks. Uh, one, they don't get paid as much as men do. That's a reality and it that's sucks. been proven. Totally so sucks. there's a gender pay gap, right? So we don't negotiate as well. So there's, there's one aspect. So over time, that builds up to getting paid less, therefore saving less, therefore investing less, and therefore being ending up with less. So that's one aspect. Two, to make things worse, we then take time off to have babies, to have kids. And we are responsible for them. So we want to take longer time off to be able to bring them up well. So that means we are now relying on our husbands and families and stuff. Third, um, we tend to live longer than men. So... Technically, we should plan more than men do rather than less. So I think everything combined, it just makes finance even more important for women. And 
yet women have this fear of numbers or maths and saying oh we don't understand numbers it's it's we'll take the medicine part and boys can take the engineering <laughs> part or it's or things like that so i think so that's why um i am in fact my the money hunts is actually aimed primarily at women and young people so she is a perfect um candidate for that so that's the, the the framework now coming back to sorry the the framework that i talked about which is the money house applies equally to women they just have to adjust it for their situation and if they want to check out the framework it's on your website which is themoneyhunts.com t h e m o n e y h a n s.com correct and the framework is the money house which is basically divide your wealth and your assets and your goals everything basically in three buckets the foundation the pillars and the fun roof how you build a house right the foundation is things you cannot afford to lose which is basically the, the most important thing is your health your ability to earn an income that's most important and then you add depending on how sort of safe you feel your house uh, some emergency cash um and then everything to insure all of these so insurances that's foundation the pillars are things that take you up in life so there are two things one is your ability to earn income needs to get better and better and better with the test of which is that you need to get paid more every year not just inflation but productivity or real increase and the other one is ideally you should save for your retirement from the very beginning so put a sip sip into an equity fund or multiple funds or a passive fund and leave it for the long term so that's the pillars and the roof is your fun roof which means you have to have fun in life and to me that applies to everyone okay whether you're young old middle age like <laughs> me um any age <laughs> now that definition also is things that you can afford to lose so if it pays off you become the happiest the best the richest in the world if it doesn't pay off you can walk away from it so people who get rich get rich because of that fun roof they put all their talent mm. into one thing they leverage it to the hilt and they have a distribution to, to the whole world so think zuckerberg or any film star or anyone that's because they've done that so if you didn't do that early enough in life you would never ever ever i think achieve what you want to do so that's a framework now like i said apply that to women um you have to say okay for example your foundation parents are there whether you're a girl or a boy but like i said sometimes girls don't get as much education for example as boys do so then you have to overcompensate and and so on let's start with products then okay going on to each and you know each of the three aspects of the money house that you spoke about let's start with the foundation okay basic minimum financial products that each woman must have at the start of a career you spoke spoke about health it's so important right because when you're young that's the last thing you'll care about right so let's look at specific products that anyone okay should have at that point of time so the basic thing is obviously you need to insure your health health insurance when you're living with your parents your parents are your health insurance and that something happens to you they take you to hospital and they pay for everything so that's kind of okay but as soon as you start earning an income you need to start thinking about building up to it right if you get your first job at 22 23 by 28 29 you kind of are a fully functioning adult and should be out of your parents net so you need to build up to it um i obviously think that you need to save now i've actually in the first few years of my career back when i was 21 i used to wait at tables at night uh, i used to be a financial advisor during the day wow. i used to pay for my own education i built as soon as i got my distinctions and got my finish my diploma that's when i got a full time job and i started saving into a basic savings kind of money market fund type thing because i wanted to do further education so you keep 
collecting your emergency cash. And if, if you think you've collected more than you need, then you can kind of reinvest. So in the early part of your careers, you're always reinvesting in yourself. There are two things out here, right? One would be to have a basic insurance, um, a medical, uh, let's just call it health insurance. Okay. It's definitely health insurance. But like I said, some people don't, they themselves don't get it because their parents have it. Okay, sure. But yeah. Eventually, you, you need to have of one. Course, whether you have it at 28, 29, 30, whatever it is. And chances are that your company also might give you that. Uh, don't rely. No, okay. Don't take exactly. the company one. That's what I'm because saying. you will move jobs. Yeah. Okay, you, so there's no point because each time you move, you have to start all over again. Right. The group insurance policy doesn't quite work in India as well. Right. So you've got, um, so you've got a basic health insurance plan that you need, and the right. second is at least some money that you need to put in, put in, in into, into it. Money market fund or a FD. Okay. For, as an emergency cash. Which serves as okay. That's it. As emergency cash, yeah, yeah. and then you start accumulating more. As I said, I believe early part of your career. You, you. I mean, some people can start equities, and I'll talk about that later. But to me, that um, ability to earn income is the most important at that stage in life. Hmm. So yeah. And Sorry, I should take that uh, one more thing on insurance. Please. There are two different p- types of insurance. There's health insurance, which pays for your medical expenses when you yes. go to hospital. There's also a concept called income protection, okay. which interesting. If you get sick. Um, it could be temporary, like a broken leg or broken arm, or it could be more permanent, like a disease or uh, an accident that's a bit more serious. Who will take care of your other living expenses, whether it's your rent, your food, your whatever? Um, that is covered by a separate thing called income protection or salary continuance or temporary disablement, sometimes temporary and permanent disablement. In India, it tends to be a lump sum. In other parts of the world, and I think there are some policies in India that are starting to do this, they give you a monthly income, okay. up to 75% of the income that is lost. Okay. In India, like I said, nobody does it, not even older people, let alone young people. But an example that I told you before we walked in yeah. is, is, is my sister. She got diagnosed with something very early on in her life, which meant that for the next 10 years, she couldn't work. And even, even after that, I mean, a lot of, of cajoling and, and um, rehab. So, yeah, if you are, something hits you, whether it's a disease or accident, it's not that if you die, die is the easy part, actually. If you live, who will take care of you? So you need to start thinking about it very young. And imagine if you hit by it in your 20s. That's tough. I'm really sorry to hear that happened uh, in your family. The emergency fund, any thoughts on that? Um, you know, how many months expenses or anything? Uh, but it depends so, on person okay, it depends on expenses, right? So um, so let's talk about budgeting, okay? So, and that kind of leads to emergency. Emergency cash, I think, sort of six months worth of expenses you should keep. Uh, again, depending on how close you are to friends and family, right? I mean, if they can back you mm. up, great. If not, definitely more. Uh, leads me to budgeting, right? So it's, I think when you earn, say, 100 rupees, 50 is your need to have expenses. So rent, food, maybe even transport goes into that. Yeah. That's your benchmark. Another 20% should be in comforts and another 30% should be savings. My rule of thumb has been I've saved literally one third all my life. Hmm. All my life, even when I was in my 20s. It comes in handy. I mean, I may reinvest the saving into education, but at least I saved. Right? I put it into a separate bucket, into a separate fund. So when you save six months worth of expenses, it's, it's the fifth, six months of the 50% that you need to live on. Mm. Right? Then you're assuming that you're cutting back on your comforts. If you're no longer employed and whatever, you cannot also then go and party every night mm. and drink and, and movies and all that. Would be my next question. What if I just redeem the emergency fund and go backpacking in Europe? How about? <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> Backpacking is not an emergency. <laughs> no, emergency oh. is a real emergency. And you should save up for that. Yes. Yeah, you should take out uh, expenses for your backpack. I mean, there's nothing wrong with backpacking. It's a fantastic thing. But, you know, typically save, the, save for that as a goal. Right? Would that be the right approach? Correct. That to me is not a foundation sort of goal. Then sure. that gets to sort of, um, I, I mean, I put that as a fun roof okay. kind of thing. As in okay. like, if you do it, great. It's a great experience. If you if you don't get to do it, it's not the end of your life. Mm. It's okay. You will do it at some other point in life, right? So you start saving for it separately. Yeah. yeah. Next step, let's go to the pillars. How do we work on that? Now that, you know, you've saved for insurance, you've done your emergency fund investing, you know, what next? So then, um, so there are two things, right? Ability to earn income. So you keep investing in that. Like I said, I took that savings that I had put aside, that 30%, and two, three years I saved. And then I went and did another diploma. And then I did my CFA. And then I did my Wharton course. So every few years I went and reinvested in my ability to earn an income. But I also started, and in Australia it's compulsory, a monthly contribution to my pension fund, which I put 100% in equities. Not okay. just in fact, in Asian equities. Mm. From an Australia point of view, Australians would invest in Aussie equities and international equities, global developed mm. markets. I put it into developing markets 20 years ago. High risk. High risk because I've got 40 yeah, yeah. years. Why not? So, so if you, and this is the thing, when people say I'm low risk or high risk, or I'm conservative or I'm risk taking, there's no such thing. Yeah. I think it's BS. I think if you divide your money up into two, three buckets and align them with the time horizon you have for that bucket, so in my money market fund, I'm ultra conservative. I would not even take credit risk. I will take no one. If, if someone promises me extra one, two percent, I will not take it. In, in my pillars, I go to the hilt, highest risk equities possible because I have 40 years to run. So who am I? Am, am I split personality? Of course not. I'm just dividing my money up into and aligning them with the goals that I have. Okay. So two things out here. First is investing in yourself. Like you said, you Correct. did the CFA, you did the MBA, you, you, you know, so for an individual person, he or she has to figure out what are the two, three things that he or she needs to do to make sure that his income keeps on increasing? Her Notice income needs to keep Her, sorry, my bad. <laughs> so that's something that the listener will have to figure out. Correct. Different so, things work for different people. Well, I think you have to. I think I don't know anyone who even at 20 something can say I've done my degree or my education and I no longer need to learn anything new. That's a recipe for disaster. I think even in our 40s, you and me need to keep of learning, course, yeah. let alone 20s. I think by the time they reach 30, there'd be new careers that we've never heard of. So I think there is no stopping. So I think, so for example, a young friend of mine in her 20s, uh, like when she was yeah, early 20s, she came to me and said she wanted to become a model. She wanted to be Miss India. Can I, I have this much money. She only had like one lakh that she got as a payment for something. Do you think I can reinvest in a portfolio? Can I invest in a portfolio? Do you think that's indulgence? And I said, well, no. To anybody else, it might have been indulgence to look good for vanity. But for her, if she wanted to enter Miss India or be a model, that's an investment. That go ahead and so anything that helps you earn more income to me is reinvesting in that in that bucket. Okay. It could be doing courses. I mean, I I do. Um, online digital marketing courses. I go and learn about uh, video editing. I go and do whatever. So depending on what it is you want to do in life, you need to keep becoming better and better and better. In fact, one more tip I said last time, and I'm saying it at this time, it's very hard to be in the top 1% or 10% of a career. And that's what you need to be good, to be able to be in demand. The problem is not everybody is good at it. So my suggestion is be good at two or three things the intersection of which will make you unique. 
So I was good in finance and I was also good in, in arts, uh, in marketing or uh, whatever. Other people are good in coding and also in finance and they're good in fintech, right? So that intersection will help you. And I think in, especially for young people today, that would be something they have to work on. And on that note, we take a small break. And welcome back to the show. I am with Hansi Marotra, who runs moneyhunts.com. I'm joined with Alika also, who has a question, a very, very, very pertinent question. Hansi, let's get into a specific thing out here because we're talking about uh, women who are starting off their careers. Alika has a very interesting question here. Right. So when we start out our careers, we don't necessarily have any income coming in right now. We want to go look out, look for jobs, especially as women, we have a little bit more pressure to, you know, dress up and look a little bit more appealing because that's a way uh, people consider us for jobs. So we have to now get you know, control our income in terms of, you know, where where do we spend it? We need to spend it on things like clothes and a little bit of makeup to, you know, appeal to employers to get jobs. Where am I going to have the cash left to put in? Yes. So getting, balancing that along with savings is it's a little bit of a tightrope thing, right? Okay. So I think the pressure we feel is the pressure we let ourselves feel. And Again, there is a concept called pink tax, where right. even for the same things, women are charged more just because it happens to be in pink. Yes, right? this is true. Similarly, I think we take it upon ourselves to say, oh, we have to look good. Therefore, we have to spend more on makeup, mm-hmm. more on high heels, more on clothes, because we have to look different every day compared to the men who can wear the same thing every day. Right. right? I think all of that is a myth. Okay. Yes. And I, I'm... I'm 40 plus, okay? So it's 20 years ago when I was 20 something. Mm-hmm. Can you believe I only learned to put makeup on three years ago? Oh. I kid you not. Look at all, any of my old pictures, no makeup. So no, I think it's a pressure that we put on ourselves. Sure, you need to be well-groomed, okay? Any employer will want you well-groomed. So nails have to be like, for example, instead of going for a manicure and having a nice polished nails, you can cut it really short. And that's, so long as they're neat and clean, you're fine. Shoes. There used to be a time where employers would demand wear high heels that is illegal they cannot do that to you so if you're comfortable in wearing the same shoes every day go for it you can decide to wear something high heels if you feel like it that's your choice but don't put it on the employer or or any pressure same thing there was an experiment that a woman did and and it's talked about it in personal one of the blogs men feel they wear the same clothes every day Zuckerberg and so on examples are quoted women feel the pressure to wear something different so what she did was she found two or three staple skirts I think it was black and grey or black and white something like that she did basically two or three so she can rotate and dry clean and wash and whatever but this same colour combination every okay. single day she just rotated those two one or two jackets one or two shirts and one or two skirts no one noticed she just picked something that looked really absolute amazing on her. Mm-hmm. And she bought two or three of slight variations. And she wore that every day. So long as you turn up well turned out, no one cares and cannot make you. Okay. So I think it's the pressure that women put on ourselves to be able to do that. Now, Therefore, you have a choice to make now. It's not that somebody's making you. You say, okay, if I'm only earning... 100 rupees, whatever the number is, is 20,000 rupees or 50,000 rupees, uh, 50% goes in rent and food and transport, which is, which is basic necessity. 20% comfort, you have to make do with that 20% comfort and you still have to save 30% and reinvest in your education 
I personally wouldn't reinvest in looking good, but if it's absolutely necessary, sure, for the first time, whatever. But over time, I think you need to, your work needs to be better, not your appearance. I will, if I'm your employer and your work is damn good and you are reskilling yourself, I would definitely pay you for that. Yeah, isn't there a way out also out here like saying that maybe you can front load your expense or at least in the first few months, you know, just be systematic about it. Just be very disciplined about it. Yeah, but, but yes, that, I agree with you. So that's like the staple goods that you buy, right? Yeah. So, so uh, by the way, I wear the same jeans the last 20 years. I wear the same lots of things because I bought quality, right? So definitely I don't believe in the use and throw culture. Definitely, yes, you can front load a little bit. Maybe your parents can help and stuff as well. Buy good pieces, but don't fall into the pressure of having to be look different every day and and keep up with the fashion. Not for work. In your personal life, do what you want. But for work, to say that you feel the pressure, I think you have to stand up stand up and say, no, I will not feel the pressure. And of course, be committed to your financial goals. I mean, there might be one or two months where you go off, but come back. Come back to it. Don't yes. overspend your credit card stuff like that. That's basic stuff. You shouldn't have sure. a credit card at that point. Okay. Yeah, well, that's, that's a separate show on its own. Yeah. It is actually the credit card. Okay, so just absolutely credit cards are just a convenient way of for payment. Okay, it, it should be ideally a debit card. Okay, use a debit card. Do not get a credit card at that point until you learned that you can save 30%. Do not get a credit card. Or you get, you know, you don't pay your credit card bill and then suddenly boom, you're paying a lot 20% of money. interest. No, God, I mean, yeah. Aliga, that's good for you. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Fantastic. Anzi, pillar number two. Okay, we've covered the foundation, we've covered this. Let's, let's you know, let's look at, probably look upon this as a, a life cycle thing. Someone who's now, I don't know, maybe in a, a early 30s and now the goals are changing now, right? Because you've sorted the first few, five, ten years of your career. What next? Well, they're probably getting married and having babies at that age, oh. and I did. Um, so I, I can totally understand everybody else doing it. Again, I, uh, another cousin of mine just got married recently, a niece actually, and we got talking about, I was talking with the groom, and it's like, you know, so much we're spending on the wedding itself. And it's like, yeah, I can't believe it. I'd rather take that money and put that into a house deposit. So there are two aspects. So the groom usually doesn't necessarily want to spend on the wedding. They want to spend it on the marriage. Um, which is long term the bride always insists on looking good on that day and then kind of doesn't matter what happens to us I think both these things whether you what you spend on the wedding day itself whether it's your lehenga again my lehenga I've never worn ever ever again like once in your life it's not worth buying for, for lakhs and lakhs and lakhs so I think now there is that whole rent culture that's yeah. come in whether it's for cars through Uber and Ola and all that whether it's for houses so there's co-living and student living and all that sort of stuff there is um, same thing for clothes you can actually rent yeah. clothes from the runway right what? there's a Seriously? whole bunch of yes there is yes, there is <laughs> for things that you day to day wear you want to obviously own your clothes yes, right? no, I'm talking but, about this one special day of my entire yes. life and I'm going to spend like mad you're saying that I can rent my clothes. You can. Wow. You can. Okay. And I'm saying to you that I think, like she's not, Alika's nodding, right? So yeah, I think that you can rent a tux. You can rent a lenga. You can wow. rent a, a designer thing. Why do you have to spend? Sounds so good back then, 20 years ago, I didn't have that option. Today, I, I would I say. Did, I did, I did, I didn't do it. So I'd say, do it. <laughs> do it. Because I, you know what? I, and this is one I say to women and generally to everyone. I think what the pressure that we feel to look good on our wedding day or, or ha- arrive in a fancy car or wear branded clothes. All that pressure, it's, it's nothing compared to what I have right now, which is I don't have to ever work again. Imagine turning up to a cafe and saying to your friends, oh, you have to go to work tomorrow? I don't. Mm. That 
is beats, I think, every other feeling. So I think all the little pressures that you feel, you have to balance it a little bit and say, how can I actually um, still look good, still mm. look good for the pictures? In the end, if everyone is think everything is being done for the Instagram pictures, really, do you have to spend lakhs and lakhs to get there? I don't, I don't think you do. I'm sure you can set a budget for your marriage and then figure out where to things. For your wedding or your marriage? Uh, so this is the point. I keep man. reminding okay, sorry, people sorry, of the two sorry, differences. Marriage right? is lifelong. Wedding is a ceremony. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay. So I think the wedding, same thing. Okay. Now, having said that, um, now I'm assuming you're you're dating someone or you're getting married to someone. You need to have the money talk, the talk mm. with your with your husband to be okay or your wife to be, depending on who's listening. Um, you need to sort out your finances together in terms of who brings what to the marriage from beforehand. If anything, maybe in the 20s, neither of you have anything unless one of you is really from a rich family, in which case their parents will probably have a separate trust somewhere or prenup or all that sort of stuff. wedding, stuff like that. All, sure. That's the wedding. Again, uh, the, 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 what they bring to the marriage. Sure. But the point is you have to have a conversation. And I think you are allowed to ask and you should ask your spouse about their finance habits. If you're saving 30%, they better be doing the same. As in, you need to have equal. Otherwise, I guarantee you, the biggest fight that couples have is about money. So, uh, in fact, siblings too. But anyway, the point is that, so that conversation needs to happen. So in your 30s, when you're getting married and you're starting a new life and you're considering, in my case, for example, when I was considering having babies, um, I told my husband, you know, there'll be two, three years that I won't be working. Um, I will save for it, but you have to contribute too. It's not just my thing. So you better put it into a separate account. And don't you dare ask me what I'm spending it on. Because if I have to ask you for something, that would kind of upset me politely. I'm using polite words. So that was a conversation that needs to happen because the kids, after all, are both of yours. Yeah. Um, so that's 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 another in your thirties. That's the conversation you need to have. Any changes here in savings patterns, allocations? You know, maybe if you've got an SIP going previously, you had it in an uh, in an emergency fund. Do you think that uh, there is a, a need out here to look at equities or even increase your savings or anything out here? The two things that don't change is that emergency cash stays emergency cash. It's just that it gets bigger because your expenses have got bigger, right? So it was six months when you were in your twenties. It was. Maybe say fifty thousand rupees was was enough to live on. It was six times that, mm. right? When you got older, it's now a lakh, six times that. Right. So that that gets bigger, but the the post, the the multiple stays the same. And same thing with your SIP into an equity fund, long term for your retirement does not change. If anything, you're getting so it's, it's two ways of doing it. If you started early, and you put. 10% of your income into that long term and you keep it at 10%. Remember, your income is growing yep, over time, yep, right? Yep, you yep. keep it at that, you will be fine. If you didn't start early enough, you started later, then you need to keep increasing that percentage over time. Okay. But again, it depends on your income, right? I'm, you, I cannot be asking you, I cannot ask you to save more uh, or invest more if you don't have any enough income. If anything, you're going down in your income, right? And kid you not, when you go back to work, your you would not be earning as much as your male counterparts, right? Because you've now lost out on one, two, three years of your life. Yeah. I would try to keep up uh, in terms of, uh, there's so many long distance and free courses, edX, Coursera, a whole bunch of them, that um, edX, Coursera are free. Yeah. So keep up your skill set is the only advice I would give while you take time off. Excellent. So when once you reach your 30s, 
roughly around that age your health also starts to become a little wobbly i mean there's some sm- smaller smaller things which start up so at that point do you increase your emergency fund savings or is it okay at the same gradient that it's going on at the moment the insurance premium should take care of that the health insurance so firstly in your 30s nothing is wrong with your health okay you are in exceptional health no no that's the point that is my point when i say not not everything is money yeah not everything is money okay a bunch of things in your life in fact what is wealth let me go back to the very basics what is wealth wealth is the ability to to do what you want to do to achieve your highest potential which you will not have if you have don't have your health so i think if you compromise on uh, on for example i see people taking a rickshaw and inhaling the fumes of a of a bus right and they think that's cheaper than taking an uber and it's like that that's false economy okay okay those are choices you know that's those kind are not, of yeah but that's what i'm saying to you so health comes first not, i i i okay. yeah but there's some something like some people get asthma really fast especially if they live in mumbai because sure. of okay. the smog so you can probably you can probably cover that with the health insurance, the health yeah. insurance. Yeah. Yeah. ensure that your pre your your policy takes care of every specific risk and each and every year review your policy stuff like that okay so Correct. that's uh, the health alika I'm sure yes. you've got a couple of questions out here. You I want to go do. with them? Please, please, I please. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, so as a woman, I feel like safety is a big issue that uh, I need to address uh, with my income as well because I need to stay in a place which is relatively safe for me. I need to take transport which is relatively safe for me. And with safe, everything I try to increase my safety also increases uh, the amount I need to pay for it. For example, I need to take an Uber instead of the train or I need to stay in an area which is slightly more upmarket just so that... it's a little bit safer so balancing that is uh, a little tricky especially coming into a new city looking for a new job okay i i absolutely agree with you so that i don't have a uh, an answer for i think women do end up getting paid or rather getting charged more taxed more if you will because of of the safety issues so i d- will say yes definitely pick a safer place maybe compromise on other things so for example you can share more Mm-hmm. um with with other girls right. um you can also negotiate that with your employer i think most of them are open they obviously understand especially if you have a female boss but even otherwise they understand so i know every one of my girlfriends gets uh, more allowance for taxis at night as soon after 7 o'clock or something they 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 get taxi allowance so things like that you can negotiate i also agree with not staying too far away from your work um there's scientific studies that show that if you stay more than 45 minutes away globally yeah. uh it starts to affect your morale i can understand that on an india uh, in india i would say maybe an hour any more than an hour i can understand yeah. it actually affecting your day to day life so i think that is something you just have to build in into your essentials when you're mm-hmm. doing your budgeting so no no arguments there just on that thing i would also say that, but there are other ways to also ensure your safety right uh so for example you said taxis versus trains there i'm not really sure because to be fair to the government they make sure there are ladies compartments uh there are things you can carry with you camera or phone or devices to to alert so there are other things you can do so you don't have to completely shun all public transport or or other things so i think you should we shouldn't as women we shouldn't shrink and into a corner we should actually 
make a presence felt. I right. think if you have an issue, raise it with your employer, with your public transport, with whoever. I think we should definitely fight rather than give up. Yeah. Also, a little bit of a offshoot question. Uh, you said that when we, at least I have found that once we reach maybe late 30s, early 40s, a lot of people's health starts to get a little wobbly. There are a little bit of deterioration. Some issues start to crop up. At this point, do you increase your uh, emergency saving funds uh, or is it okay going on the same gradient that it's always been going on? So I think your health is your most important thing. I think you should look after it. You shouldn't cut corners. Um, I believe in your 20s and 30s, you should be able to look after your health like you look after your wealth and, mm -hmm. and be fine with lots of fitness and stuff. But I think once you reach your late 30s, early 40s, I agree, you should definitely go for a health checkup every single year. I think you should build that into your health insurance. Okay. as opposed to touch your emergency cash. The emergency cash is six times expenses. Say, for example, it's whatever expenses you see at that point, which has already increased anyway compared to your right. 20s, right? So I think it's the, the multiple of uh, as an emergency cash stays the same. Your health insurance and health checkups go up. And my final question is, uh, what are your views on gold and real estate as good investment options? For women specifically or for anyone? Yes. Mm. Well, mostly for women specifically. <laughs> Okay, so firstly, I think investments are uh, gender agnostic, okay? So they don't care about whether a woman bought it or a man bought it. Um, so two things. So gold. So people say women should buy gold because for their wedding. Mm -hmm. They actually don't mean it for their wedding only that day. They also mean it for their marriage in that it's a gold is um, a very unique case where it's um, it's small. You can wear it should something happen to you or you, it's an emergency. You literally what you're wearing, you can walk out and go to any pawn shop and convert it into cash. It's actually very transportable, dividable, all of that stuff, divisible, I should say. So gold is a unique asset class. So I, I, I'd say, and the history of it, the last 5,000 years, uh, means that historically has done well. But since the 70s, when the gold standard no longer applies, the returns have been a lot more muted. Who knows what the situation will be going forward? Post the global financial crisis, there's another question mark about um, gold being perhaps the gold res uh, the reserve currency. The short answer is treat gold as, as an insurance policy. Mm -hmm. So have a little bit on you. Like I said, it's for women especially. It's yours. It's on you. You can walk out with it. You can use it in emergencies. But I don't see any other good reason just because you're a woman, you should have it. Uh, you should wear more gold. I don't believe in any of that. Just interestingly, I, I have a skin reaction. As I've got older, I can mm. only now wear gold. And I used to oh. hate gold until now. Now I can only, uh, everything else reacts. Oh. So I think that way, yeah, just a small, no more than five, maybe maximum 10% of your overall wealth. But frankly, even that is, is, is questionable. But certainly um, consider it a little bit. Real estate is again whether it's for men or women doesn't matter i think having your own house is nice but overpaying for it is not i think you should only ever buy real estate when it is cheaper than usual how do i what do i mean by that you can look at the rental yield um, so for example what rent you would pay for an equivalent apartment convert that into a per annum figure compa compared to the price so for example Say it's a one crore apartment and you're paying only 20,000 rupees a month. So multiply that by 12. That's your annual figure. That as a percentage of the one crore, that's your yield. Compare that to what is the interest cost you would pay. 
that gives you just a sense of whether real estate at that point in that city is expensive or not. I'm saying to you, if it is, if the gap is huge, then do not buy real estate, even if it is for your own home. There will be other points in life where it will become cheaper. It goes into 20, 30 year cycles. Mm-hmm. I, in my 30s, did not buy real estate until my late 30s when 2008 happened. I got an l- opportunity of a lifetime when real estate fell so much mm-hmm. in the city that I bought that I then went and picked it up. And within two years, it doubled. So to me, even if it's for your own home, don't fall into the trap that, oh, it's your own home, therefore pay whatever uh, whatever they're asking. No, it's not. Not It's the biggest thing that you will buy in your lifetime mm-hmm. for a long, long time to come. So don't overpay for it. So gold and real estate, like I said, just because your parents did well, there was a reason why they did well, because interest rates in that last 40 years have only come down, which boosts the, the value of assets. So they did well. Therefore, they mean well when they give you that advice. But in today's era, that's no longer relevant. So you have to judge your investments from where we are today. Fantastic. Alika, any more questions? No, as of now, I think you've answered all my questions. Thank you for joining us. Hansi, last question uh, from me. In your experience, and you've got really good experience out here, what are the top three or top five or just generically mistakes that you keep on hearing often? Oh, wow. Um, okay. Long list, is it? It's a long <laughs> list. Yes, it is. It so, is. Go for the top three, um, probably. One of them, I think, this, while we're talking on the topic of real estate, um, uh, one the, the notion that rent is wasted money and you must buy your own home as soon as possible, as soon as you get your first job. I think that is just so misplaced. I think buying real estate is a valuation decision. And you should never do it in your 20s when you don't even know where you're going to live. At some point, once you settle in your career and stuff, that's when you decide where and how and all that. So you should never buy real estate in your 20s unless it happens to be a time when it's really, really cheap. Okay, so you should, the timing of real estate decisions should be based on valuation of the real estate, not your age. So that's okay, one. Sure. And therefore, rent is perfectly fine. In fact, I'd say, like I said, the renting, the, the sharing economy means that rent is now cool. I mean, yep. sharing is now cool. The other thing, same, uh, we talked about gold. It's, it's a very common notion that everyone must have gold because it did so well and it's been around for so long. Again, look at why it had done well. Um, and I read a whole book about it. I read a lot about it. So there was a reason why, and I think that reason still holds, in fact. But... Um, don't just buy blindly. Do your research. Things like equity is risky. Mm-hmm. Well, it is risky. That's why it has high return. But you need to let it run. So I think the the notion that you are risk averse or not, again, doesn't. There's no such thing in in the literature. So you just divide your money up, and one portion that you're putting for your long term wealth. Just invest in equities and let it run. People don't seem to understand that they just because daily valuation is available, it doesn't mean you have to look at it. I don't look at my pension statement for years at a time. It comes by mail, purposely done, not by email, not by online, because I don't want to look at it. And it served me really well. So I think the notion that somehow markets are risky or everything else is the whole world is wrong. They don't give me returns. They don't give me a job. They don't give me this. They don't give me that. Well, no, it's you. Uh, you have to improve yourself, whether it's learning the art of not reacting to markets, whether it's learning the art of um, skilling yourself and therefore getting a better job. 
learning the art of not needing a job saying okay you know what in today's world who needs a job i'm going to be employer rather than employee i will go and employ other people so all of those things i find um i i get very sad when i see people in their 20s with these notions sure. i think it's it's something that they have to unlearn to be able to learn new things great last part of our show how can listeners get in touch with you you do so, a whole lot of interesting stuff there is you know there is you on youtube there's your website there's your twitter handle you're like so just just you know just yeah. tell us about that so interestingly uh, thanks for the opportunity to talk about women and in investing today thank you for uh, coming over i'm actually making a whole show on this very topic um my new podcast that i'm working on uh, should be out soon it's called meri pyari sahelia where i'm talking to my girlfriends from various different backgrounds okay i come from a small town near kanpur it's called now mm. so i have friends from there who are middle class homemakers i have women who've done extremely well in corporate life in business they're single moms there's um there's uh, very rich people there's very poor people all of that so i'm talking to all of them one by one and i'm dissecting their journeys and saying what are the key takeaways that they've had and also what they can do better so that podcast is coming soon so for Look for all the to listeners that. today yeah. who enjoyed today they there's lot more coming on that front with other people's stories super and then i have my obviously my 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 website and every other social media has the same handle the money hans h a n s hansika hans fantastic um that has everything that i do on videos audio articles everything i just love returning guests when they come back to the show hansi thank you so much for joining us as one thing that's changed with when you were here the last time last year and by, and now i ask all my guests two standard questions number one tell our listeners about some mistake that you did in your life okay money wise and what did you learn from it okay i'm sure you've not done many but i'm sure that you know all all of us are vulnerable to that and second any recommendation you know for a book or for a podcast or for a movie anything that you have for our listeners let's go with the first one any mistake oh i have lots of mistakes financial uh, financial yeah. yes last and, and funny and that's ironic because obviously i come i mean i studied finance yeah. the here's a, a mistake i made i also married a finance guy Uh, huh? and i thought he was smarter than i was so even though i was teaching other people diversification he convinced me that this one particular area of investments that he was a specialist had become a specialist in was a foolproof way for funding my impending motherhood so he's like okay when you take time off this will give a 15% yield and therefore put all our money into that one thing. Oh. So even though I was teaching other people to diversify, I thought he and I combined was smarter than everybody else, so we thought we will not diversify. Big mistake. Oh, It blew up. Ouch. Um there was a hailstorm, there was Chinese something this was an agricultural um sort of okay. uh, bunch of farms, vineyards and stuff. So we lost all our money. Uh, oh, at that point that and hurt. and i've lost money not once but multiple times okay there's a time before that in the 99 2000 boom and crash that i'd invested in my employer in hindsight i think i'd put all my talent into one thing and leveraged it but again lack of diversification was was a big thing back then as well so i lost my money back then and then then again in whatever 2005 6 and um then i started life all over again so everything i am today i only made in the last 4 years of working it's kind um, of reminds me of warren buffett wow <laughs> so you need to you, and the thing is that i think some mistakes um you need to make them yourself mm. uh, even though you l- hear other people but you just have to do it because then you realize that reading about it and living through it are two different things right recommendations oh um lots of books 
Oh gosh, it's very hard. Yeah. Um, Something you've read recently then? Uh, no, so there, there are lots of books. Um, there's one um, on on investing. Um, except I'm forgetting the name, the full name. The little book of something is stock market investing, something like that. It's the 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 author's name is Joel Greenblatt. Okay. Yeah. G O E L Greenblatt on investing. That's a brilliant small book. You can read it in a couple of hours and you'll be done. Good basics. I think in terms of life hacks, like I said, I, to me, health and your happiness are more important than money. Money is just a medium. The wealth is actually being able to have your health and happiness. I think people forget that. For that, there's a podcast called The Knowledge Project by a guy called Shane Parrish. He has a website uh, called F Farnham Street Blog. So either Google Farnham Street Blog and find the podcast or just go directly to the podcast, iTunes and whatever and find the Knowledge Project. I think he interviews some very interesting people that are a lot more about life hacks and productivity and happiness and things like that. A little bit of investing here and there. I think that's um, well worth your time. I think reading is well worth your time. And talking to you is well worth my time. I'm sure that <laughs> it is for listeners also. Aliga and Hansi, of course, thank you so thank much you. for joining thank us. You. Folks, that's a wrap. You were listening to Hansi Merotra, who runs the website, themoneyhans.com. Hansi, thank you so much. Thank you. No material on the show should be considered as financial advice. The material on the show is for informational purposes only. Please consult a financial advisor before taking any investment decision.